I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers. You're listening to the 2019 round 16 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. The first episode of the fall fantasy season. Get excited, guys. We plugged this last week. Here it is. This episode is brought to you by the Golf Clap, the only acceptable way to celebrate. Wait, no, no, sorry. Um, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by regular co-host Mike Denton. And we'd also like to welcome our very special guest, writer, podcaster, and Minnesota United fantasy promoter extraordinaire, Steve McPherson. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. I am doing well as well. It's it's beautiful here in Minnesota right now, which we can't always say. So, <laughs> oh, enjoy it, enjoy it. Well, you know, Steve, this is the first time we've had you on the show, and I'm excited you could be here. I, I wanted to get you involved uh, all this season, uh, especially with some of the plugging you guys are doing with fantasy up in Minnesota. So, I thought I'd give you just a quick second for you to sort of tout your resume to everybody listening as to why they should trust you as a fantasy pundit. <laughs> well, I don't really think anyone should trust me as a fantasy pundit. Basically, uh, I'm a writer for Minnesota United and editor. Uh, a lot of what people see from me is uh, articles on the website, previews, recaps, things like that, and, you know, interviews with players, uh, profiles, stuff like that. And then uh, I also do a lot of internal work as far as press releases. Just basically, if there's words involved, I'm involved with it. And uh, last season, I got really into MLS fantasy. Uh, I won the office pool in both the spring season and the fall season. And uh, our sideline guy, our sideline commentator, Jamie Watson, is really into fantasy as well. He's one of those guys who just constantly just wants to talk to you about fantasy. So <laughs> we figured it'd be easy to start a podcast. We started the Fantasy 15 this season, which has been a lot of fun. We try to keep it very tight. It's 15 minutes every week. And um, and I thought, hey, I know what I'm doing. I won both my seasons last year. And then I got into this. I was like, I don't know what I'm, I'm doing at all. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just guessing about everything. So I have I have no bona fides at all for this. But it's fun, and I love talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that before the show started, about how the the host head to Hegley this year has been so intense that like we'll do really well in our club leagues and and then we'll look at sort of the overall rankings and it'll be respectable and then we look at the the host head to head league and it's like oh my gosh I'm like bottom third what what happened here and it's and it's just wild and it's this is probably just me just just beating a dead horse at this point but I say it all the time head to head leagues are so much fun because you can have a fantastic week you can do awesome in the overall rankings but then your head-to-head -head opponent also has a fantastic week, gets one or two points better than you, and you're just, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's so much fun. It, it adds a fun wrinkle to the experience, the head-to-head -head part. That's something that we didn't do last year. Um, and so it, it was interesting. There was points definitely where it seemed like half the league was, you know, eight and six or, you know, seven and four, and that was everybody. Uh, fortunately, Jamie Watson only won two games and he lost 13 the entire season, which is he barely did better than Andrew Wiebe, who I don't think even looks at fantasy. So, uh, <laughs> we got that for yourself. 
a double burn. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, so normally for the, you regular listeners of the show, and maybe we have some new Minnesota fans listening tonight, uh, normally what we do is we review the, the previous round, talk about how our teams did and, and, what's, and what's coming forward. This is the beginning of the fall season, so it's a fantastic time. If you're a first-time listener, first-time player, this is, this is great because everything has reset. We, we don't have anything in the past to talk about except some general changes because team value has reset back to the default $100 million. Team player or player prices have adjusted themselves. It's not a reset. Some players are back to their starting value. Others have been adjusted to a more reasonable value based on the performance, either higher or lower. So it, it's a great time. Things are starting over. Prizes are going to be awarded again. So another shot at glory. And guys, I'm going to give a quick update on the head-to-head league. Um, if you don't know, uh, this podcast has a Patreon supporter group, and we have a special league just for our patrons who uh, can chance to win prizes. There's also a special league for r slash fantasy MLS, the Reddit subgroup that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And then MLSFantasyBoss.com, my website, has a league. So all these leagues, I give out prizes of $50, $25, $15 MLS store gift cards. And I want to thank you, everyone, this year who won. I announced it on last week's episode with our interview with Bobby Warshaw. Check that out. If this is a YouTube video, I'll try to put Chow it up in the corner. I don't know. We'll see if that works. But uh, thanks, everyone, for responding. I'll be getting those out within the next couple of weeks. Uh, And if you haven't, Come try. I mean, it's it's a great opportunity to try to win prizes because I love to get them out and just see people and see people win and see all the great feedback. So thanks to those of you who uh, won. Uh, be sure to try. If you have not again, I'll have a, an article posted with all of the registration links. It's the same as before. So if you were already in it, you're still in it. And uh, everyone for Patreon, be on the lookout. The sign up link is posted on Patreon again. I'm going to try to get a new video with some uh, some new fun things that are going to be happening with the prize tiers as well. So that's it for my quick updates. Um, would you guys want to plug any leagues real quick before we go forward? I'm just going to call you out on not talking about the past week where New York City beat FC Cincinnati. I feel like that's pretty cheap, so I'm just going to call you out on it. But I'm going to let you get away with it because it's your podcast at all. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, I, I did talk about it in some places. What we talked about with Bobby, I was like, I, I captained a New York player. It turned out very well. You have scruples, uh, or you have no scruples, which is a problem with Jamie Watson. We talk about him because he he never will play anybody who's playing um, Minnesota United, which is, I mean, I admire it, but I can't, I can't follow it. Like he gave up tons of points for (laughs) for Atlanta, different weeks and things like that. So, um, yeah, if anybody wants to join our league, it's uh, Fantasy Fifteen XV, like the Roman numeral, so Fantasy XV MNUFC, probably easily findable. Uh, If anybody. If there's any Minnesota United fans out there who have not downloaded the app that we have for the iPhone, uh, if you click on on Fantasy in that app, it'll take you to our league. So uh, very easy to join on. We've had a couple new joiners uh, in the last week, which is terrific. It's good to see new people getting in there uh, for the spring se- for the fall season. Excellent, excellent. So uh, you know that's actually rule number one of fantasy is you, you've got to sever your ties with your team. That's 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 it. That's rule number one before any Absolutely. of the switcheroo things. It's cold hearted. Cold hearted. Exactly. Exactly. Analytical mind, just mm, that's where it is. Uh, okay. Well, guys, let's talk about. We mentioned a couple times the score updates. Let's let's talk about it because that's the big news. The prices have changed. They've not all gone back to default value, and a few players have changed positions. So the big question this week is how do I build a team within this value, which we'll get to in part two. Uh, but who are those value 
players. And so uh, Jamie, Jamie, it's here. We got, I got him on my head now. <laughs> uh, so Steve, you recorded your podcast earlier today, right? Yes. So you probably have a leg up on talking about some of this. So I'll let you go first and give Mike a second to sort of just take it all in. And I've got a list right here myself. But who are some of the, the players that jump out to you on the first look as value? And if you want to, what were some of the changes that just kind of surprised you? Well, uh, I will say that I think I took a lot of uh, I, I checked out your MLSFantasyBoss.com and looked at the uh, the information about those 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 price changes and things like that. And who looks like a good value in terms of points per 90. Um, I definitely think that I thought Memo Rodriguez really stood out to me uh, as a terrific option in Houston. Uh, Houston. We talked a little about with Jamie a little bit about the fact that their their schedule is going to be a little rough because they're going to have a lot of away games because they had a lot of home games to begin with. Um, but we're not sure exactly. There's always the the possibility that that Elise could leave uh, at some point, and so that would put more scoring burden on Memo Rodriguez. I like him a lot. Um, Chris Wondolowski obviously has been doing really well, yes. and he was adjusted up for price, but it's actually still a pretty good value where he, where he's sitting right now. Um, I think the last the last guy I would say I've been really high on Jamiro Montero for a couple of weeks now, and he's not exactly a value proposition at this point, but I think he could still definitely gain value from where he is right now. Um, and uh, in terms of we're going to talk about position changes. Yeah. Okay. The the one that stuck out to me, and I can say this as a Minnesota United guy, is Hassani Dotson, who has started a bunch of games now for the Loons and at right back and left back. He was drafted as a midfielder, and so he was position. That was his position was midfielder, and now that he's played uh, left back and right back a couple times, they've switched him to being a defender, which is great. But first of all, he already has a goal as a defender, so he's going to be an option getting forward. He also, according to Adrian Heath, he's made the case for him being the third midfielder on the depth chart. So if you see Minnesota use a 4-3-3, which they've done occasionally, um, he's possibly going to be in there with a mid as a midfielder, but but uh, positionally in fantasy, he's a defender. So he could be he could be a really good sleeper pick going forward. He's a smart guy and he's really good with the ball. Uh, a great kid. So and out of position defenders are some of my absolute favorite players because they have those chances at defensive bonus points, but much better chances at scoring goals than, than others. I think, I think, I guess the absolute best one, what was it? Rodney Wallace a couple of years ago when he was a defender, but also a forward. <laughs> that's so, wild. So yeah, that was, that was pretty wild, but no, that's a, that's a great pickup. Uh, Madranda was doing some forward stuff too that weekend where he, created the Madrid that year he created the Madranda. I think he was doing some forward. Yeah, he was a very, a very aggressive midfielder. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That was a uh, last year. So yeah, I love that Wando call out because he started out as a four or 4.5 as a forward. And I think he started out at 4.5 went down to a four uh, and would have gone lower, but that's as, as low down as you can go. I think he ended at a five and now he's an eight. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> he jumped a bunch, but but eight for a forward who's scoring like he is not so bad. So yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. And you know, CJ Sapong's over in Chicago now, and he's an eight or an eight point five, which I I think it's a pretty reasonable price. I I don't know if it's value, maybe mm -hmm. value compared to what they might eventually get to, especially someone like Wando, but but pretty sure. pretty reasonable. Mike, what what are some of the ones that jumped out to you? Um, I, I don't know. If there's a whole lot of huge values. I mean. I think, ironically, I think one of the better values is Carlos Vela, one of the most expensive players of the game. Uh, I was surprised that he was only at 12. Um, yeah, he's the most expensive player of the game, but, I mean, with his production, I, I think that's probably a must-take every time he, he does it. He, it wasn't as high as I thought. Uh, I thought 12.5 or 13 
just to try to create more disincentive to go for as it is now, you're going to pick them up every week. And I don't think the price is as much to dissuade you. Um, other values. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot, but uh, I'll point out Columbus's goalkeeper. Um, I'm not, not sure who's going to win the battle between Kempen and Bendik, but whoever does win that starting value, uh, keep starting battle, uh, is going to be, uh, one of the cheapest starting keepers in the game. Um, up forwards, uh, Jonathan Lewis uh, went back to his preseason value of $7 million. Um, he's been a consistent starter. You're not going to get too many consistent starting forwards for $7 million, and certainly not one who's scored as many goals and assists a minute as Jonathan Lewis. So I think he's probably one of the cheapest. I didn't see a whole lot of values for defenders, um, but with with that, I think at this point, with you know Ben having seen a full half season, you're not going to have a whole lot of values at this week where your values are going to come are people rotating in for international breaks or for injuries. And so it's going to be tough this week. Well, not as tough this week because you're going to have some players coming in for the internationals, but that's what you're really going to be looking for, for the values. You're not going to get this kid who impressed in preseason, who all of a sudden has worked his way into the starting lineup, you know, been seen enough of that to, to get past most of that. Yeah, anything you pick up this week is is really going to be leaning heavily on some of those international and, and domestic cup uh, absences, which we're going to get to in just a second. So they're going to be short-term. Check out those lineups. I know some people have a love-hate relationship with all that, but check those lineups because that will give you a great opportunity to get the values. And, and I think, guys, uh, feel free to correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think at this point, especially with these these tournaments going on, that it's going to be the defensive positions where we can find a lot of, of growth. We saw defenders grow a lot last year or last half of the season. And so I think if we can get some of these guys, like I'm going to say Steris over at, at LA Galaxy, he's 5.0, probably your cheapest way into the LA Galaxy back line, going up against FC Cincinnati this week, a decent shot at a clean sheet. So that could be some growth. Uh, Dallas, you've got, you've got Ryan Hollingshead at 5.5. Probably going to be your cheapest regular starter for Dallas, and he does have an offensive nature to him, so maybe some points there. But this week, if you're looking for maybe uh, Nelson or Reynolds as another another left back option, they've they've shared some time with Cannon unavailable. That that could be uh, some some cheap cheap players right there. Uh, we didn't mention De Leon as as a as a player yeah. who had a position change. He was one of the go-to defenders for us last half of the season uh, just because he was he was essentially a midfielder and Ben saw that. And so he got bumped up there so he's no longer out of position to get some of those defensive bonus points but but he's changed not really a, a value there. Um, a toss-up one with Chicago number one Bash and Schweinsteiger's a defender. Um, I don't that's I don't know if that's good or bad. I think history showed us last year that that tended to be bad when he played back there, but he's a 6.0 defender now in the back, whatever that's worth. But Corrales played on and off with with the fire throughout the first half of the season. I think he had some injuries on and off there. I wasn't up on to date with him too often, but but he's 4.5. And so if, if it was just injuries keeping him out, keep an eye on their lineup because that's, that's going to be cheap in the right circumstances if the fire can hold it together. So that big caveat right there. Uh, and then the only other one that I would throw in there is at RSL Johnson at forward 7.5. He was on some good form, uh, could could be there. But this this is really the tough part of the season because I think, I think for the most part, a good job was done at putting these players at reasonable prices. What do you guys think? 
I would I would agree. I mean, I feel like it, it, the the beginning of the season, it seems like there's a lot more opportunity for guys to be sort of miss misvalued uh and then you know and roles change again it's sort of the 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 thing with the double season that going into this the second part of the season teams are who they are and so we've there's gonna be fewer surprises i mean there's gonna be certain opportunities for teams like portland which have really home heavy schedules um you know some teams go up some teams go down but um I think that I think that you know, as has been said, I think the the values are pretty accurately uh, calibrated right now until we sort of see how this changes. I mean, and obviously, it's going to be a little difficult for the next couple of weeks with with breaks and and call ups and things like that. Uh, so it's sort of an interesting way to start the season. We start with sort of a week where I'm looking at this week, going, I don't really, I don't really know what to do right now. <laughs> well, yeah, by far, my midfield was the the section of my team that I just worried over the most trying to just decide what I want to do with that. It's, it was, it was wild. It was wild. Uh, Let's, let's talk about the reason though, why we're having so much pain at times with picking these players and why some of these, these fringe depth players have an option to come up. We've got the U S open cup and the gold cup that's going on. So Mike, you're the guy we lean to, to talk about absences and call ups. So I'm going to throw this section over to you for talking about these two, two tournaments. Yeah, so the Gold Cup is where we have um, the absences. Let me go through the teams that are playing this week. Obviously, it's a shortened schedule because we're still you know, in the international break. Um, something to be aware of, all the players who were with the U-20s, uh, I think are pretty much back. I'm, I'm not sure if the tournament is all the way done or mostly done, but the U.S. is out of it, so most of the players that are MLS involved are back. I think the tournament is finished. But um, for Cincinnati, Cruz, Waston, Maddox, and Powell are out for Gold Cup duty. For um, Colorado, uh, Jonathan Lewis. For Columbus, um, I mean, Stefan is gone now. Um, Zardes, Trap, um, and Mensa. For Dallas, Acosta, Grezo, and Cannon. Uh, and Cannon was a late call up, so you may have missed that one, but he is, in, in fact, out. Um, let's see. Double check my teams who were playing. Okay. Uh, for Houston, <clears throat> missing a, a bunch of key players, Elise, Kyoto, Figueroa, and Saren. Um, however, they do get De La Garza and Struna back because they were involved in um, not the Gold Cup. Uh, for uh, the LA Galaxy, um, Leggett wasn't called up, or I guess he was called up, but he's been injured, so he's unlikely to be uh, available. Uh, but to kind of check and make sure, because it was a hamstring injury, but I think he'll, he'll be out this game. Um, Jonathan Dos Santos for uh, Mexico, I, 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 and, and Tuna, uh, Gonzalez, and Fletcher for scrolling down. For Portland, Polo and Flores are the two who are out. Uh, RSL, they had a bunch of people who left, but I think all of those people are back now because they're mostly involved with the youth tournaments. For for Sporting Kansas City, same kind of situation. They had a lot of absences before. Most of those players are back. For TFC, um, Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, uh, now Omar Gonzalez, who's back in the league, uh, Osorio, Morgan, and Okello. And then for Vancouver, Vancouver, uh, a bunch of Canadians, Ty Bear, uh, Henry, uh, Cornelius, and their goalkeeper. So um, the other thing to consider is that the Open Cup is still happening. 
Uh, we had the first round last week. Uh, second round is the second round for MLS teams happens this week. Obviously, that doesn't affect either the Canadian teams who are playing, but um, the teams who are playing this week and who also have Open Cup are FC Cincinnati, the Galaxy, FC Dallas, Portland, Houston, and Columbus. Um, that's a big deal for Portland, Houston, and FC Dallas because next week they have a double game week. So watch for those teams as far as rotation issues and stuff. Um, those are lineups that you're definitely going to want to check if you're picking players from those teams. Good, good information right there. Uh, Steve, I wanted to talk to you about the Open Cup because uh, congrats, Minnesota made it on going up against Houston. But we've been talking about the impact, and Mike told us about the impact of potential rotations coming up. But I want to talk to you about the impact of players coming back into form specifically in Minnesota because at the end of this fantasy season, uh, people who were listening to our show, we mentioned a few times about being cold on Quintero because it the form wasn't there. We were waiting for him to show some sort of spark of his old goal scoring form coming back. And then Minnesota plays Sporting Kansas City in the Open Cup. Not not a hundred percent sporting Kansas City, but but not by any means a, a B or C team sporting Kansas City. Right. And he gets two goals, two assists. Angelo Rodriguez gets a goal and two assists. Is this going to carry on into fantasy? And it should be something that managers are looking forward or looking to, looking forward to. Or is this going to be something that's safe for the Gold Cup for the Open Cup? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's a good question. I've actually been asking the players in the last couple of weeks about what the you know what the connection is between the Open Cup and and the regular season and how it's different to play these games that are that are winner go home versus sort of the marathon of of the MLS season. Um, I talked to I talked to Brent Coleman yesterday actually about that, and uh, he was saying he felt like it it definitely helped to get those guys goals, like to get into a situation where Darwin and Angelo both scored. Uh, that's huge. I think you could definitely see it. Um, going forward because those are guys who are supposed to score. That's their job. That's what Darwin loves to do. And he hasn't been able to do it so far. Um, Adrian Heath is obviously a former striker himself and talks a lot about uh, how goals come in bunches. Guys just need to, you know, see the ball go in the net. That's off, often all it takes. I, I played Quintero several times down the stretch last season, just figuring it's going to kick in one of these days. One of these games is going to have a huge one. Of course, you know, he saved it for the open cup, but uh, I think there's a lot of reason to, to hope that he's going to show some of that form coming back into regular season play. Well, it doesn't hurt that the, uh, that the first game back after, after this week. So they, they play next week, not, not in the, in the mix this week, but it doesn't hurt that the first game back is, is hosting FC Cincinnati. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no hurt feelings. I, hope, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take my lumps where, when they're due. So, I mean, I, like we said, rule number one, cut your ties. That's right. So it doesn't hurt, but yeah, no, I definitely wanted to mention that any, anybody else that you guys have noticed that you think starting to have an uptick from open cup that, or even, even gold cup. Uh, I know we had Ladero doing great during, during gold cup recently. So anybody else? Copa America for Ladero, but yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Copa America. There's too many. There's so many. <laughs> There's not too so many. I take that back. There's not, yeah, there, there's never too much soccer, but they just all all the all the finals are on the same day, isn't it? Like the women's World Cup and the Copa America <laughs> oh and God. the Gold Cup. It's it's crazy. It's all crazy. Anybody else that you guys have noticed coming on that you want to mention right now? No, it's okay. 
Uh, I mean, Keaton Parks had a pretty good performance for New York City. Uh, I think he got goal and assist. Um, maybe he could work his way into the rotation. He's been a player the New York City fans have been kind of wondering why he hasn't. I, I think that might be the kind of best benefit, um, you know, especially if you get two games in a row well in the Open Cup. Uh, I think you'll start demanding minutes for, for some of these younger guys for the coaches. So uh, we haven't seen a whole lot about that yet. I don't know that one Open Cup game against, you know, especially when they're playing USL competition, is going to do a whole lot to change the minutes ratio for some of these guys. But if you stack two games together, then you start having fans and coaches ask questions. I could say that I think for um, to add to Hassani Dotson, who I think has, has done well in the Open Cup, I think um, uh, Chase Gasper, who's been injured and is a, another rookie for Minnesota United, um, playing mostly in for – Metonier went on international duty. He could be away for a while, depending on how Madagascar does. Um, so it, you could probably look for Dotson and Gasper to both get plenty of minutes at left back and right back. And, um, and Chase is great. Chase is a really mature player who I don't know how much his value is in terms of getting forward as a defender, uh, but he likes to get forward. So if he does get that chance and he looks good, he could definitely be a value player. I'm not sure what his value is right now, but I don't think it ever went above four million in the first, the first in the spring season. So there could be some growth there. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's definitely the name of the game. I, th I think, uh, Mike, we determined last year, some of us had a rough start that, I mean, really these first, what would you say, three to four weeks uh, need to be a value focus with your with your plays? Yeah, although I think it's, quite frankly, I think it's sort of hard to do a whole lot of value games um, with this week in particular because you've got the international break um, and, and a few selection of teams to, to pick from. I think it's sort of hard to do it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think definitely next, next week really try to do it. Uh, I mean, if you can kind of pick the cheapest for me, the value play is just trying to get cheap defenders and getting them in there who have a, have a decent shot at a clean sheet and, and just kind of go from there. I mean, it, that that's the thing that's hard about kind of is with the budget so small in this first week, you're kind of just trying to, I just need to pick a team who's actually playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, personally, I think those are more important. Just trying to figure out getting the matchups right this week because there's just so much else going on. It's going to be hard to really make an intelligent build value. Um, and did you want to address how MLS is going to be handling the price rises for the beginning of the fall season? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. So what Mike's getting to is that at the beginning of the season, every player started with with a made-up average. So if if you were, we'll, we'll go with Wando, he's he's eight now. Essentially, his three-game average was just plugged into the system as 888, and that's how he got to his starting value. With the beginning of the fall season, a lot of people were asking questions of, are the last three games that players played going to impact their value changes going forward with round 16? And that answer is no. So essentially, if we're looking at a player now, so – uh, let's look at uh, Diego Valeri, who is 10.5. His three-game average is 10.5, 10.5, 10.5. So nothing from the previous spring season is going to factor in. We're starting fresh, so uh, keep that in mind going forward. That's good information. I had no idea. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, and so really, you know, the easy value pickups is going to be next week, um, especially with a few of these players on double game weeks from FC Dallas, Portland, and Houston. Kind of check to see who the substitution subs are, plug them in, let them get the points, and you'll you'll probably get a price rise. So, um, you know, I I don't know how many opportunities for easy price rise this week, but next week, um, 
you, you definitely will get that opportunity. Yeah, and that's again why I was looking at defenders because if you get someone like Nelson, who's 4.0 for Dallas, uh, playing Toronto, if they get a clean sheet, then that should be an easy 0.5 up for him. So that's, that's what you're looking for this week. All right, well, that's a good little little foundation there because we're going to build on to player picks. That's what we're building up to, guys. But last week with Bobby, I turned the tables a little bit and I asked Bobby if he had any questions for us. And I thought that was kind of fun. So since we have Steve here, before we move on to our housekeeping and our player picks, I'm going to ask him the same question. Do you have any questions for Mike and myself, uh, fantasy related or whatever you want to do since you are also a podcaster? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, I and I think I've asked this a couple times, possibly on Twitter or, or or parts of this. One thing that I'm always curious about is someone who's now gotten into, um, you know, some things like the switcheroo and 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 situations like that. Um, I was curious about like if you guys had thresholds for what you expect from different positions, from like a, a goalkeeper or a defender or a midfielder. Like if you see them on your bench and you're like, you're trying to decide if if you want to keep that number, you know, it's like in blackjack, right? Like, are you hitting or are you, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, sticking? Yeah. So like, like, do you guys have things in your mind that you're like, this is the number I want to see from each, like what's the number from each position if you have those? Mike, do you want to start out with this one? Uh, yeah, I think for keeper, it's, um, I mean, obviously if they get a clean sheet, I'm going to keep them. Um, if they get four, I'm probably thinking of. If it's five or over, I'm probably going to leave it alone. Uh, for a defender, I think it's probably about the same. Um, for a midfielder and forward, uh, it probably depends on which midfield and for how confident I am in the midfield and forward I have below. Um, but I think around five is still that, that same magical number. Four, I think about. Uh, but three or less, it's you know, usually they're going to get two or three points. You know, if, if I want to pick them for fantasy, they're getting at least two or three points as their floor. So, you know, four is where I start getting dicey. But, you know, if they're getting five or over, then I'm like, okay, that's decent enough to keep. And then I'll scrub out the person behind them and reinvest. Um, now, change some of the things that may change that is if I'm in a competitive head-to-head -head league and I can kind of see – I really need, you know, to make up more points. I may take a bigger gamble. You know, I think last last uh, season, I think I gambled and scrubbed to six off just because I had Ladero coming in and I was so far behind. I was like, well, Ladero might go off. And I think he just got like at six exactly or something like that. So, um, so it, it can change based on like how risky you want to be. But I think like five or six is generally pretty safe, but. You know, it can depend a lot on your switcheroo too, what mm -hmm. you have. Yeah, I'm I'm in same general rounds. For me, I I like to consider, like Mike was saying, sort of the the floor of what point generation is. So, like with a goalkeeper or or any player, you're going to get two points just for playing the full 90 minutes. Or I guess it's actually around 70 minutes. You're going to get two points just for showing up, as long as your caveat. No yellow cards, red cards, things like that. Uh, you get two points just for playing, and then you're going to look at your bonus points. So for like a goalkeeper, you're looking at at least one, maybe two points with recoveries during the game. That's that's sort of the, the goalkeeper bread and butter stat right there. So if I get a goalkeeper who gets – I'm not counting the clean sheet because you, if you get a clean sheet, clearly you're going to keep the goalkeeper. For everybody right. else, that's just one point. So if you're getting – if I'm hitting at least – if I'm getting a three or a four – I'm probably going to just roll the dice on the next goalkeeper because he's got a good shot of getting a three or a four either. So much, much lower for the keeper defenders. Uh, it, it's kind of the same, the same place. If you're looking at at least a couple points for the, for the minutes played now, they got the better chances for the, 
for the bonus points with their their recoveries and their clearances. And so if if I get a, a defender who gets five points, that's where I'm going to be like, oh man, that's that's solid because I'm counting on a clean sheet after that, and that's where you can always count on. So I, I'm inclined for a defender that gets five points. I'm probably going to keep them. And then for for the midfielders and forwards, I'm, I'm kind of like Mike. I'm looking at eh, three or four. I can probably roll the dice and get somebody that's they're going to get an, a point or two, maybe for uh, some some key passes or crosses. So that's that's not too bad. So it's it tends to be that three to four point range for me from most positions of where I'm like that's whatever somebody else can get that. Uh, and then if I get higher than that, I mean five like defenders five as is I really struggle. Five for most positions, I really struggle. So I'm like, man, that's 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 my my midfielder who may have gotten a clean sheets and played the whole game. So there's three points there, and he got two bonus points. So, I mean, that's that's not a bad game, but uh, man, I'd really <laughs> rather be like a seven. That would be good. I'd keep that any day. Like, right. I get a seven, I'm like, you're fine. Six, seven, yeah. I'm like, that's that's good for a player who doesn't. If, if a player didn't score and he gets six, seven points, I'm like, that was a good pick. Yeah, that was a good pick. So yeah. a solid pick for a non-player. But yeah, the switcheroo. Um, do you guys get a lot of questions of that from from the fans? Uh, so far, we haven't. We've tried to dive a little bit into strategy things. It was a thing that came very slowly to me the first season where, you know, I started to perceive how it could be done, but I didn't really know exactly how to pull it off. I, th I think I did a lot of auto ruse basically. Um, and, you know, at this point, I'm almost always running this first week. It's going to be tough because of the budget, but like I'll run, you know, a $4 million scrub in there somewhere and have, you know, three for two or something like that. Um, it definitely adds a lot to the, the strategy and a lot of the sort of fun and the tension of seeing like who's going to go in and are they going to pay off and stuff like that um i feel pretty comfortable with it i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm maximizing it yet so i also feel a little uncomfortable giving too much advice to anybody about it <laughs> it's it can be overwhelming i think at times but uh, i know that's something we're trying to point out more about good teams to look at for switcheroos which i will literally get to in in a few minutes uh before we move on but but yeah anything else um, I think that's about it. I will say with the switcheroo, uh, the thing I ran into, I think the first time I really started working on, on, on that switcheroo where you like save some, some money and everything like that. I got to the last game and I was like, okay, I have money, but I can't, I can't switch anybody in. Like I didn't leave any positions. You know, you just run into these things where you're like, you thought you were ahead of the game and you're like, I'm, I'm like waiting the last second. Then the last game happens. I'm like, I can't put anybody in now. I'm like I've lost my chance. So <laughs> it'll bite you. Yeah, and that's why we'll just go right into the housekeeping now on that because that's that's so important of being able to still make those moves. And that's why, for me, my preference is always for players who are in the last or one of the last games of the entire week. So this week, if you're looking for switcheroo options, and if you have them, let me know because I want to know what your team build is because I found it very hard to even try to work in a switcheroo option this week myself. But if you have a switcheroo option, you're going to be primarily wanting to focus on players from Sporting Kansas City and Columbus. You have plenty of 4.0, 4.5 options at every position between those two teams, and they played the last game of the week on Sunday, so you will have no problem switching earlier players in. And at the end of the day, if you still have cash, you can use one of those players and just see what happens. So Columbus is born in Kansas City. That's that's where you can look for options if you're not planning. You might have some sporting Kansas City players in your team, so maybe it's mostly Columbus that people are looking for. But um, of the teams that are playing, if you don't care who's playing, then any of the teams in a buy would be options because clearly they're not going to play at all. So 
that's just kind of the two ways you could build your switcheroo options right there. Uh, speaking of that, uh, we have a bunch of teams on a buy. It's just easier to look at your schedule and see who's playing. Uh, and no teams are on a double game week. So a nice way to start the season before we get back into all of that. And this round starts June 22nd. That is a Saturday with my FC Cincinnati hosting LA Galaxy at 7.30 up in Cincinnati. My dog is whining. I apologize if you all can hear that. <laughs> so that's that's the quick housekeeping wrap up. Mike's already covered some of the absences in our first section here. So let's get right into our round 16 preview, guys. This is, this is what I know a lot of people have been waiting for. They want to know who we are thinking about for round 16. So Mike, let's start with you. Keepers, defenders, and potential clean sheet chances. Okay, well, I'm going to start a keeper with um, the LA Galaxy with Bingham. Um, LA, the Galaxy don't have a whole lot of defensive absences, and FC Cincinnati's leading goal keeper is leading uh, goal scorer is the team I root for. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick against defenders against uh, FC Cincinnati. So I have Bingham. Um, I don't have another defender um, just because I have some picks up top that we'll talk about later. Uh, as far as other defenses, I have uh, FC Dallas, uh, Toronto without um, Josie and um, Michael Bradley doesn't impress me. I know they still have uh, Pozuelo, but uh, I think FC's at, FC Dallas, especially getting Pomichol back, uh, I think they're pretty much intact as far as their defensive core. So I have Hollingshead. I also have thrown in Nelson in there. He's gotten a few starts recently. He's $4 million, so we'll see if he actually plays. Um, I have Morera from uh, Portland, um, 5.5. By the way, I didn't spend any more than 5.5 in any defender this week just because I would be broke otherwise. Uh, with Houston missing Elise and um, you know some other big offense pieces, I figure that's a pretty good um, opportunity for Portland. And then I have Abu Bakar from Colorado, uh, pretty high average for the price. Uh, and I know Colorado ha you know, hasn't been good defensively, but – uh, Vancouver has always struggled offensively, so I figure it's kind of a flyer. Uh, and then on the bench as kind of the Otteru, um, I have Hagland who is able to come in. Um, five million, I figure. You know, if you know the LA Galaxy can't get service to Zlatan, or if Zlatan does not play on that turf, which I mean he's played on turf so far, but you never know. Um, throw him in and see if maybe he'll get a clean sheet, and I can free up some cash and do some other stuff. Steve, same question. Yeah, I have right now for my keeper, I have uh, Atnella um, because I like that matchup. I think that's a good, that's a, there's a decent clean sheet possibility because of Houston lacking Elise and Kyoto. Um, they came to uh, uh, Allianz Field and got shut out 1 0 um, earlier this season. So, you know, I, at Portland, I think, again, I like them a lot because of that home field advantage and how much, <laughs> how much they're going to profit from getting to play a whole lot of home games. Um, as far as defenders, I'm not very confident about anybody right now. I like Ali Adnan. He's six million, um, which is high. But in terms of, I like Vancouver in that matchup against Colorado. Um, I also have uh, Daniel Henry in there. Uh, he's six point five, which is also expensive. And now I feel like I should reconsider and spend less money after after Mike's uh, comments. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I also have Hagland. Uh, again, I, I think that. 
LA is seems like a highly variant team when they're great, they're very great. But if they if it doesn't work out for them again, if Zlatan isn't good to go or whatever for whatever reason, and I think that um, Cincinnati still has a pretty considerable home field advantage because of Nippert Stadium. So I like him as an option. I have Gaston Sorrow in for Columbus, but I think I'm just sort of that's just sort of a, a space holder for right now. It's going to be a, I feel like there's going to be a real check lineups like before the game start to figure out who's playing and who's a good value like you're saying for those 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 clean sheet opportunities so that's i have and i'm right now my bench is straight four million by people uh until i figure out <laughs> more of what i'm doing i i see that sorrow pick that was one of the the undervalued potentials in the behind the numbers article that's that's up there right now yes yes i mean and, and sorrow did some really good stuff in earlier in the spring season um he you know wasn't always in the lineup which was a little difficult but right now he's 4.5 so you know if he's in there and he definitely is an attacking minded defender so that can lead to good to good uh, results yeah, you guys have covered a lot of, of what I have already. Um, I also have Bingham right now. Interesting with the Adanella, I'm looking at the the ownership of teams right now as of this podcast on Monday night. Uh, it, it is David Bingham by far owned by 3% of the teams who have been setting their lineups thus far. Uh, so he is, he is leading the way. And then uh, Vancouver gets it next at 1.3. Adanella isn't even registering in the ownership <laughs> percentage stats. And and you make very good reasons as to why uh, he should he should be there. If it's I think it's a toss up between which clearly you have done defender or goalkeeper. And so I mean he, sure. that could definitely be a, a great pickup right there. They're both five point five. Uh, lots of interesting options there. Uh, you guys touched on a lot of the defenders as well. I did have Adnan that that six is the highest defender I have. But like you said, he he's an offensive midfielder. He's been on on PKs so. He has some potential. Colorado, I mean, they can score. They don't score. I mean, they're they're kind of up in the air sometimes with their offense. So it, it'd be interesting to see what they bring. But yeah, he's got a high side to him. Hollingshead, uh, Nelson. I also picked up Biafania as the defender that I liked. Uh, that's what's going to be interesting with Houston is do you bet on that clean sheet and and hope to get your point rise that way? Or do you go for somebody more offensive, which I've gone with Biafania, and see if maybe you can crack into a, a different back line for Houston and maybe get, get some big points there. So I got Biafania right now. And then I have a placeholder of, of Smith with Sporting Kansas City because I don't really know who they're going to, to field. Uh, that's, that's a big, deep punt because they're playing the last game. But I know that Columbus has struggled a little bit. They no longer have Higuain. They've they've lost their defenders, so is that going to be more pressure on defense and, and not going to allow the forwards to really and the offensive players to really have that space they need? So uh, I don't know, but maybe Sporting Kansas City. But you guys have thrown out some other good options. I've still got one million left in my bank, so I could pump them up to a a five point five if if need be. So fun week for for clean sheet hunting, to say the least. Let's move on to to midfield which uh, Steve will let you kick this one off. All right, midfielders, the, f the first guy I slotted in was Pozuelo. He's sort of my big spend for this week. I know he hasn't been the same without Josie in front of him, but um, he's still just such a good player. Uh, he's tremendously fun to watch also. Uh, obviously, Toronto away at FC Dallas, but FC Dallas um, – is you know has not had a good run of form so uh i like i like the possibilities there i also have uh katai in uh for chicago 
Um, and I, a guy I always want to play who is uh, Wong from uh, Vancouver, but I haven't played him a lot, but because he's sort of been that steady production guy, but rarely flashy production. But, you know, he's 7 million right now. I figure throw him in there. Again, Colorado has had has been doing well recently, but I still don't totally trust them, especially on the road. Um, and then I've got Johnny Russell, uh, who I really like a lot as a player. He's 9.5 right now, but um, has had some tremendous games. Of course, I remember in the spring season, he had a hat trick, and I put him in the next week, and he had two points. So uh, you never you never know what's going to happen <laughs> with that. Um, but that's that's where I'm sitting for now. Yeah, he can be a bit of a boomer bust kind of guy. Yeah. Mike, what do you have? Um, so I do not have Pozuelo. Um, and that's really just a price uh thing. I, I couldn't really fit him in. So I kind of went uh more average across the board. Um, my first my, my kind of value midfielder is uh Alvarez. Uh, we, we know FC Cincinnati's had some had some issues and Zlatan needs service from somewhere. Uh, I think Alvarez has played pretty well. He's got a 5.25 average, which is not something you see on too many 7.5 mids. Um, I think he actually could be probably one of the overall best values uh, in the game. And so he kind of was allowed me to kind of do a lot of money elsewhere. I have Pax and Pomical just got back from the U20 World Cup. Uh, very impressive performance there. And I think he'll pick up right back where he was in MLS. Uh, and Toronto's had a lot of uh, defensive issues so far this year. So I think he can take advantage of that. Then I have two Chicago midfielders. Uh, I have Katai and Gaetan. Um, they're both pretty consistent. Um, RSL on the road is usually not a very good uh, defense. Uh, so even though Chicago has kind of scored, had str- had trouble scoring, and we've also seen Colorado, Chicago go off at times, and I think this is one of those opportunities for Chicago to go off, um, especially, you know, they had a heartbreak in the Open Cup. They'll have a little bit of rest, and, and so I think they'll come out this game pretty strong. Yeah, those are those are great. I'm I'm right with you, Mike. And it was a toss up for me for uh, going with Pozuelo or not this week with with on the road and and not having Josie. And and I just don't know the big spin for me this week was was Valeri because I like that chance with Houston in all these home games. And it was it was interesting. I, I toyed with it a little bit because listening to one of the recent episodes of Extra Time, they talked about how Blanco actually has some of the better set piece numbers and that Valeri's been taking a lot of corners and that has not really been resulting in as much production as some of the others. And so they, Matt Doyle was throwing out that maybe that won't work, but the huge caveat being they've also not been at home a lot and that could change things up too. And I think with Valeri's past, I was willing to roll with Valeri. as kind of my big spend. Um, I've got Paxton in there as well. And then because of the forward combination I have, I didn't have as much money. I, I think Katai is a, is a great shout out. I think Russell is a great shout out. Uh, and, and, and all those guys. I've got Gutierrez and I thought about Russell. I went with Gutierrez. He had that, that brace right before the, the gold cup break he was getting more involved, and so he's who I have it right now. But I, I do like Sporting Kansas City as one of the few away players that I'm considering, especially with some of that defensive struggle and new goalkeeper situation in Columbus. So I think that's an excellent away team option. Uh, LA Galaxy being another really good team, but uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and do the same thing that I did with our 
our goalkeepers. I didn't do it for defenders, so I can I can do that real quick as well, just to help catch us up with the ownership percentages right now. Pozuelo is leading with 4.1% ownership. Valeri is right behind with 2.3. Jonathan Dos Santos, 2.1. Right there, looking for some some LA coverage. Uh, Russell and uh, Zambrano, Katai, uh, Santos are all guys in the the low to, to high one point something right there. So that's where a lot of people are looking. Um, I see a Dax McCarty in here as well. Wow, 1.1. So the defensive stuff, yeah. There we go. We need so, cheap mids to make them do crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, going back to defenders, which I forgot to do, uh, we have uh, – oh, let, let me get the guys off my – I hate it as when I put them in my team, it pulls them out of my lineup here, so it messes up my my sort sometimes. Mm. Uh, we got Steris, 3.6%, 5 million defender right there. Hollingshead, we all mentioned Nelson uh, for that value. Adnan, Sorrow right there in the top five. Henry Schweinsteiger. You guys are going with Schweinsteiger? <laughs> He's got a big name. <laughs> He's got a big name. A long name. Big name. Oh, Schweinsteiger, six million. He's great. Yeah, yeah. Godoy right there. Ziegler. So, and Abu Bakar. I think that's a pretty sneaky pick, Mike. Abu Bakar's got some experience there for, for Colorado. So, I like that. All right. Well, let's go. Too sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. Let's move up into forwards. Uh, this was the. This was the. These were the first two positions I picked this round. Easy calls in my book, but it really made picking the rest of my team quite difficult. Mike, who do you have? Um, probably the same two you have. I have Zlatan and Fernandez. Yep. <laughs> Steve. Fair. I have Fernandez, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get Zlatan in there, unless I try to find some kind of gold somewhere further down i think i might have to rethink a couple things um again i might i might change my mind on daniel henry i might try to look for some more value in, in, in the defense and maybe squeeze out zlatan there so um it's likely going to be fernandez and zlatan well let's see if we can make that argument for a second if you can only go with one big name keeper is it zlatan versus fc cincinnati or fernandez with his form versus houston that's depleted Personally, I feel like I have to go with I, – I know you said cut all your sentimental ties, but I really like Fernandez. I really like guys – I like hot shot foreigners who come in in the middle of the season and do really well, and Fernandez did that for me. Um, I took – I rolled uh, – you know, I sort of gambled on him in the first couple games he played, and he, he turned out. So um, I got to go with that. Zlatan is, is, is tough, but I like Portland at home against, against Houston, I got to say. So I, I'm going to, I think I'm probably going to pick Fernandez, but um, that, I don't really have a lot of reasoning behind it. <laughs> Do you have a counter argument? Um, I, I don't know. I have a counter argument. I, I do generally agree with uh, the Fernandez pick. Um, and it's only because of Zlatan's service situation. I, I mean, you're really only looking at Alvarez unless Legette comes back. Now, if Legette comes back and he's available, um, then I would definitely go Zlatan. Uh, but the, I think, to me, the tiebreaker, if you're really on the fence, Fernandez gives you 0.5 extra to play with, and that's a big deal this week. Um, so, you know, if you've got to go with one, go with uh, Fernandez, I think. Zlatan, I'll make the point. The other thing about Zlatan, I mean, you know, we've, we've watched Zlatan play, but like having in in the game that uh, when he was playing against Minnesota United at Allianz Field, it, it's true. It's like if he doesn't have somebody getting him the ball, 
he's not doing anything. Yeah. He will he will fall back if he sort of gets if he gets punched in the mouth a little bit, he'll fall back, you know, into the sort of the midfield and he'll like kick balls to other people. But like if, unless he's getting service where he can head it in, he's not generating a lot by himself. So he can be a real feast or famine pick. Yeah, fair. Good things to keep up with. Uh, I do have Zlatan and Fernandez as well, just to, to round it all off. And to keep up with what we're doing, let's look at the ownership percentage. And what do you know? Zlatan and Fernandez, number one, number two, 5.6, 3.2. After that, Shin Yashiki up in Colorado. That's that's surprising. I, I, so long, I, I was thinking about some Colorado forwards this week. If, well, there if we go. you want to go cheap, you could do some Colorado forwards. Yeah, Kai Kamara is not a bad pick. Yeah, he say he'll he'll save you a little bit of money. Um, Shinyasiki, you know, on the bench, I think would be a good option, especially maybe if you want to see if you play and maybe get some gross in value. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, I think I think I guess Patrick Mullins will get the start, but he also hasn't been playing ninety, and he's five point five, so he's not the best of value picks, but. You know I'll take a flyer on Patrick Mullins if you're giving me an opportunity. <laughs> and I'll just add at this point, Mike mentioned at the top of the show or near the top, like you're always going to want to have Bella. Not this week. You don't want Bella this week. Do not have Bella in your team this week. Unless you're Jason Miskovich. Take Bella. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're trying to screw over your, your head-to-head opponent, then yeah, Bella. Yeah, right that was This is actually a principle that we developed last uh, in the spring season on, on uh, Fantasy 15, which was the rule of APV, always play Bella. And that's <laughs> basically that's the sort of one of the guiding principles. Like, don't ever fool yourself into not playing him when he's available. <laughs> I had a newsletter article that was like reasons for how to justify yourself not having Bella. And like, I think you can do it, but he just is that he's, you get those players every now and then Javinko was it before and, and, and Landon and Beckham and, and all these people have been it before as well with fantasy wise. He's, he just makes it happen. And yeah. you're like, there is every reason not to play you. You have a hard schedule. You have a single game. There are double game weeks and look, you score a hat trick and it just happens. It just happens yeah. though. On the road in sub-zero conditions with, I don't know, whatever would happen, he would do it. So, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. All right, final question. We'll start with you, Steve. Who is going to be your captain so far for this round? Ah, this is a really good question. I feel like my world has been turned upside down by this conversation uh, that we're having <laughs> right now. I think I might – it might end up being Fernandez. Um, right now, I will say that Pozuelo is my captain, but – I think it might be Fernandez. That's okay. You can go with, we can go with one or the other. Mike. So right now I have it on Fernandez, but I feel like I maybe need to get Valeria on my team. And if I bring him on my, my team, I may make him the captain. So yeah, I may captain someone who I didn't pick because that's how fluid <laughs> the situation. <laughs> that is, we rec- we record the you know the fantasy fifteen like either Monday <laughs> or Tuesday generally, and then like I say all this stuff, and then by the time like Thursday rolls around, I've just changed my mind about everything I well, said. Yeah, I, you know I'll be honest. So you know like, I don't remember which one of y'all said Valeria. I was like, let me pull up his stats because Valeria hasn't done that well. And then looking at him like, you know what? He actually hasn't done that badly. Yeah, I guess it's because Portland's been on the road. Like, right. oh, you know, he's going to be at home. Hey, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I have Valeri captain for that reason. Uh, I this is maybe where my bias starts to show. I just like bonus point producing midfielders, and so in lots of these, like even with Slatan potentially versus FC Cincinnati, where that could be a, a blowout, or or the chances that Fernandez has to take advantage of a depleted Houston, I like bonus point producing 
midfielders. So, uh, and, you know, even I watched a great YouTube video recently, which I can't remember, but it was talking about the development of the, basically the usefulness of the corner kick in today's modern game and how that's not. I saw that as, article. I haven't read it yet, though. Yeah, it was it was great. It was just talking about how it's not really that that great of a chance, and how teams are just just scoring less off corner kicks, mostly due to outswingers because this gives defenders a better chance to react to it, and we see more footage, and and they know how defenders know better how to respond and are bigger, and and all these different things, and that a lot of people are moving towards short corner kicks, which is changing everything up, and and that was again that conversation with extra time talking about the Larry on corners as one of his main set pieces, and it's not producing as much, and just so much stuff, but I like bonus point producing midfielders mm-hmm. so much, but all right. Well guys, anything else you want to add as far as players go uh, must avoids or, or has to must haves or anything else that we have not covered tonight that you want to add before we close it out. I'm good. Good. Mike, nothing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think your must avoids are people on international break. If they're a healthy body and they're cheap, you get them in your team. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the name of the game. I think that should be the title of the podcast. Healthy body, cheap, bring them in. That's, <laughs> that should be it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Let's uh, do our final plugs before we sign off, Mike. Uh, nothing usual. Just, you know, if you see any injuries, hashtag MLS injury news, Steve. Uh, come listen to the fantasy 15. We, uh, if you go into your podcast, uh, app or however you listen to your podcast, we're under the sound of the loons, uh, which is a feed of all Minnesota United stuff. Uh, also sound of the loons is a really fun podcast to do with Cal Williams. Who's our, our play-by-play commentator and he is British. So it's always pleasant to listen to a British voice. So yeah, subscribe to sound of the loons. It'd be great. <laughs> and of course you can check out everything I have over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. We already have uh, the early behind the numbers article with some, some undervalued picks there. Uh, we'll see this podcast and the, the charts and everything coming out this week. Sign up for my MLS fantasy newsletter over on MLSFantasyBoss.com or just by searching newsletters on MLSsoccer.com. You'll get fantasy articles sent straight to your inbox uh, with tips that are behind the scenes, a bit more personal. And I answer questions. So uh, all the people listening to this podcast right now, I, we usually have between like six to 13, 1400 of you guys, send me guys and gals, send me questions. Let me know what you're thinking. I love to answer them on Twitter, on Reddit, or particularly in these articles. So check all that stuff out now. And if you want to be up to date with all the fancy chat, like how the, the player values work, check out the MLS fantasy boss discord channel. It's great stuff. Uh, lots of great people there. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the fall season. Uh, it's it's going to be great. Sign up for the leagues. Good luck. <laughs>